AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Federal Reserve Chairman Jay Powell has wrapped up his scheduled comments in the equity markets not only survived, but reversed to trade sharply higher. Grains were mixed. Even the soy complex was mixed at the end of the month. And lean hog futures broke the chain of lower closes with solid gains. Live for the very last show for November 2022 via Farm Journal broadcast. This is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we will have Randy Martinson of Martinson Ag, news with Michelle Rook, and we'll have Bubba Trading, Todd Horowitz, help us out with uh, price action market perspective. I'm producer Big Apple, Joe Stackler, and without further ado, here's the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory. Excellent. Good work, Joe. Thank you so much. Welcome to AgriTalk. Yeah, we got. hopefully Bubba gets in here today. Uh, I would imagine that he's probably pretty busy with the amount of activity that we are seeing in some of the markets right now. But if Bubba gets in here, we're going to have to ask him, does it really make that big of a difference uh, if if the Fed just slows down on its rate of federal funds rate increases? Okay? I, I mean, this is pretty phenomenal action. The Dow was like, it, it was solidly lower. It's rallied about 600, 650 points. From the time that that Federal Reserve Chairman Jay Powell basically said, you know what, at some point we're going to have to slow down the rate of increase, December might be the right time for that to happen. That's basically all he said. And kaboom, uh, the, the stocks took off to the upside. The NASDAQ, so the tech stocks, were very aggressive in the rally. And this is... Uh, it's quite the market to see what's going on in here right now. All right. Uh, looking forward to the conversation with Randy Martinson as well. But right now, let's make time for Michelle Rook. Michelle, good afternoon. How are you? Hey, good afternoon. Not bad. Good, good, good. These stocks are really something to watch this afternoon. It is yeah, crazy what's going on. A little whiplash going on there. <laughs> That's exactly right. Okay, what do you got in the news? Well, starting off with wheat, USDA rated 34% of the U.S. winter wheat crop, good to excellent as of November 7th. That was up two points from the previous week in the last reading that we'll see of the year here. But the change was barely noticed by traders. Remember, I think this is ties with a record set back in 2012, yeah. so still very low. Wheat futures turned modest mid-morning gains into a solid advance as traders did end-of-the-month position liquidation to book profits. The wheat market also shrugged off news that Ukrainian grain is being transported through Poland into export channels. Poland's infrastructure minister said 450,000 metric tons of Ukrainian grain is flowing through his country, an increase of more than 50% since the middle of the year. March HRW wheat futures were 12 and three quarters higher today at 899 and three quarters. March SRW wheat up 14 cents, 795 and a half, and March spring wheat 943 up eight and a half. You know, that was a headline that I thought the markets might have taken a little bit negatively on the grain flowing out of out of uh, Ukraine through Poland into the export markets. But, yeah, like you said, I think the end of the month was probably yep. too strong 
for for the market to pay too much attention to it. Yeah. And we talked about that yesterday, and I'm yeah. telling you, wheat has been taken to the woodshed. It was oversold and due for a bounce, for sure. Yes, it was. Ethanol production in the week ending November 25th averaged 1.018 million barrels per day in today's EIA report. That's down 23,000 barrels from the previous week. Ethanol stocks in the week climbed 105,000 barrels to a hefty 22.934 million barrels. Now, professional trading funds have been liquidating long positions from the corn market, and that continued in earnest today. Still, March corn futures are stuck in their sideways pattern and traded on both sides of 674, a fourth consecutive session. March corn futures, two and a half cents lower on the day at 667, May down two and three quarters at three and three quarters cents at 665 and a quarter. July corn at 659 and three quarters down three cents on the settlement. Yeah, now that we've gotten through the end of the month, as we flip the calendar, I wonder if if the corn market's going to be able to hold in this sideways range or not and close to yeah. that 670 level. The fact that we've had all of this liquidation by the funds and have been able to stay in this trading yeah. range has been amazing. Yeah, it's remarkable. I mean, we, we sucked up. That corn market sucked up an entire corn harvest and barely moved. And now we go through all this liquidation and it's barely moved. It's really remarkable. Yeah, it's a victory for sure. Mm-hmm. USDA this morning announced the sale on soybeans of 136,000 metric tons for delivery to China in the current marketing year. That's 5 million bushels for those of you that uh, can't get metric tons wrapped around your brain like me. <laughs> uh, that demand in an aggressive round of long bean oil, short bean meal spread unwinding helped January bean futures push back up to test resistance above 1475. The spread liquidation dragged bean oil prices lower even with crude oil trading solidly higher and back on the top side of 80 bucks per barrel. Now, even after January beans rejected trade above 1475, the contract posted the highest close since September 20th. Jan beans were a dime higher at 1469 and a half. March up nine and a half, 1475 and a half. July 1486, up seven and three quarters. Yeah, again, we'll be watching for some follow through to this as the new month gets started. Yeah. And the meal market might've got a little help, I think still from the Argentina situation. It looked like Yep. March cotton futures open nearly steady, slipped back to test support at 80 cents, then shot higher on short covering and March cotton was a limit up on the day, 400 points at 84.61. Over in cattle traders continue to expect higher cash bids. We actually saw a little 155 steady money in the South here today as packers push slaughter levels in advance of an expected tightening of market-ready animals. Slaughter last week, the biggest for a Thanksgiving week since 2006, and while carcass weights tied a record at 931 pounds. February cattle, live cattle at 87.5 higher, 155, 67.5. Jan feeders were at 247.5 higher on the day, 180, 47.5. And finally, February lean hogs, we gap lower on the open this morning. Hit session lows, then recovered to spike resistance at yesterday's high. The high-range close was based on short covering, following five consecutive lower closes, and again because it was the end of the month. February yep. hogs were a buck twenty higher at eighty-five thirty-five. All right, thank you very much, you Michelle. Let's get Todd Horowitz in here, BubbaTrading.com. How you doing, Bubba? What's up, Chip? It sounds like David's stuck on the southern landmines. <laughs> Taking a week off. That's all there is. So all okay. Paul has to do is say that the rate of increase is going to slow down, and, and this is the kind of reaction we get. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, well, you listen. They get everybody short, right? They get everybody short, and he's they listen. They, they butchered this whole thing. They're going to continue to do so, but they got everybody short. So what happened to get everybody short? You get a short covering rally. So they're squeezing the, the, the you, the, you know what? So they're castrating off the salt the traders right now because <laughs> that we're short, waiting for this. Okay, you know this is this is typical and expected. You know anybody who is shorting into this dull market in the first place should go see a doctor and have their head examined because you don't sell into a dull market because there's nobody that puts follow through. And we saw it. We saw it push, push, and suddenly, bang, here we are. We covered all the losses for the week and are back higher on the week now. In fact, we're higher than Friday right now. So okay. this is this is, this is is typical action. You'll see the same thing in the grain markets, but I think in the grain markets, I think they're going to go farther and they're not going to be just strictly short curving. I don't understand why they can continue to hold them at these prices. I went to the grocery store. So item yeah. for item, my bill was up 47%. Oh, I, item I, made, a trip la- I made a trip last night, Bubba, and I mean, I saw some things that were pretty eye-popping, too. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. 47%. Okay, and oil's right. going higher. I mean, this this crap Venezuela. Oh, am I playing my music already? Jeez, I yeah. ran out of time fast. All right, Bubba, we'll talk to you later. Thanks, Thanks, man. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. I don't know what you're thinking. So call us at 855-4-TALK-AG and tell us what's on your mind. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm your host, Jeff Flory. Glad that you are with me this afternoon. Davis Michelson's got the week off. We'll be back with us uh, next week. Uh, one thing that I forgot to mention in this whole reaction response kind of thing to the Powell comments is the U.S. dollar. What happened there? The U.S. dollar at noon, just call it noon central time. Yeah, at noon central time was trading up at 107.20, the U.S. dollar index. Now it's at 105.95. It's more than 1,000 points off. It's like 1,200 points off the highs of the day, 870 points lower uh, on the day. It's uh, It was quite the reversal that we saw in the U.S. dollar there as well. Okay, let's get to today to today's guest analyst, Randy Martinson, Martinson Ag. Randy, it's good to talk with you again. How are you? I'm doing good. How's Chip? We're doing real fine. It's a little chilly down here today. How are things up there? Well, we're a little chilly up here too. I guess we're uh thirteen degrees is the temperature right now, so it uh it seems like winter came back. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's not the fact that it's 22 degrees here that gets me. It's the fact that we've got like 35 mile an hour winds blowing that 
that makes it makes it a little brisk out there. There's no question about that. So yeah. Um, okay, buddy. Most, most yeah. Let let's get on to this. This reaction that we've seen to the Powell, uh, the Powell comments that hey, maybe December is the right time to start slowing down the rate of increases. Not talking about reversing. Not talking about a pivot. Just slowing the rate of increase. And the Dow's more than 500 points higher now. The dollar's 1,200 points off the highs of the day. This is a kind of an extreme reaction, isn't it? I think it is, you know, especially, you know, when we know it, we're still likely going to see an increase in the December report. Uh, I think a lot we're leaning towards a half or three quarters of a point. Now maybe they're thinking more of a quarter or a half a point. But, yeah, I, I think this is a little bit extreme, you know, considering the fact that we're not done increasing interest rates. We're just going to slow it down and not see that three quarters of a point anymore. But it is, you know, maybe a signal that the interest in uh, the rate increases have done their job, and it is starting to slow down the inflation a little bit. Yeah. I I, I think some of the numbers are indicating that. And you look at the ADP uh employment or jobs data that was out this morning looks like the job market might be tightening up a little bit but you got to balance that against the second gdp report coming in up 2.9 percent uh trade expectation was up 2.7 compares to the initial reading of a 2.6 percent gain in the third quarter we got to balance it all against that we've the 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 gdp is still suggesting that not only have we reversed from you know a a mini recession in the first half of the year we're starting some some significant economic growth which is something that we would really like to see continue and it certainly would help you know hopefully start to you know like it's trying to do today pull that dollar down to try to make some of our products a little bit more uh, uh acceptable or more uh, affordable to some other countries yeah yeah absolutely you know it, Randy, just a thought that that it, I've been having today watching some of what's happening in these markets is we've been trying to apply, uh, you know, um, what we know, how markets have typically reacted to uh, to to growth patterns and so on. And but the problem is we've never had to deal with a with an economy that is in a recovery mode like like we've seen since the 2020 pandemic and i what i'm learning from all of this is a recovery economy is a whole maybe maybe a whole lot different than a growth economy and i think i think maybe we're 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 starting to sort out some of the differences there i don't know what's all that mean for the ag markets randy well, you know, one, I hope it means that we can start seeing, you know, a little bit of, you know, better exports, especially if our dollar gets to become competitive. You know, that's been one of the things that we've been seeing still, you know, even with as rough as our economy has been, we've still been the best performing economy in the world that still has brought in money from other countries as investments. So, but hopefully bringing our dollar down will help bring some of our, you know, be able to move our products to some of these areas where we've been a little bit uh, overpriced. Even with soybeans right now, we're still a little bit higher value or you know, our costs are higher to import our soybeans than Brazil's right now or in, which into China. So it'd be nice to kind of trim that and, and be able to command that exports here, at least for until they start harvesting their beans in Brazil. Yeah. 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 Very good. Very good. Okay. Um, 
All right. So, you know, Powell kind of made me go that direction as we start this conversation here, Randy. So let's back up to where I would have normally started. And that is, what do you make of the way the market's traded today? Well, I mean, I think a lot of it was, you know, exactly what you're saying. We're seeing a reaction to uh, the fact that, you know, we're maybe slowing down the interest rate hike. That certainly helped to push our wheat markets. You know, we had, you know, Minneapolis is kind of our market. We had heavy deliveries over the uh, overnight, and yet this market was still able to shake that pressure off and finish with some pretty good gains, as did most of the wheat. But we are still seeing some production concerns. I was surprised that corn couldn't get it, uh, put it together and trade with a little bit of strength when everything else did, but we are struggling on the corn export market, and hopefully this can kind of help maybe make our corn a little bit more uh, appealing to other countries. But soybeans continue to be the leader, and right now it's, you know, the export sale this morning uh, and the idea that we are going to sell some more soybeans into the China market uh, as hopefully they start lifting some of their COVID restrictions. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Does it make you nervous when you see tri- price action like this on the last day of a month that, yeah, you got to get follow through to kind of prove it, that that this is is uh, something that, that may, uh, you know, a move that may have some legs to it in this bean market, in the wheat market in particular. Uh, it makes me a little nervous that we don't see any follow through to start the new month. Well, that's exactly right. One day doesn't make a trend. You always need to have follow through or at least, you know, to be able to see things confirmed. And you're right. We do need to see some strength come back into the market tomorrow to uh, confirm today's run. And then, you know, then we can start talking a little bit more about a significant rally coming into play. But I think you you hit the nail on the head with that one. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, The bean demand that showed up from China that you just mentioned, that 136,000 metric tons, about 5.5 million bushels, uh, that were sold to China for delivery in the current marketing year, that's on top of a a recent sale, 110,000 metric tons. With everything that's going on in China, does it surprise you that any demand shows up at all from China? Well, especially when you're hearing about the lockdowns that are taking place, but you know, it, it is kind of telling us that you know they they have some issues that they have to deal with in country, and one of them is the fact that the, even their people are starting to become a little bit tired of the the lockdowns, and they want to be able to have the country open back up again. And I and I think that that is now we're kind of leaning towards that direction, or at least China's kind of leaning towards that direction. I think they're buying hand to mouth at this point. I mean, they're buying as they need the soybeans. They obviously, you know because Brazil isn't quite ready to be shipping yet. But I have a feeling that once uh, Brazil, you know, we get into that mid-January, early February timeframe, we could start to see some of these sales start to slip away from us and go more towards the South, uh, South America or South, the South American crop. Yeah. Okay. So here we are, we got the, the January beans, March beans up around that 1470, 1475 area. Um, Is this, I don't even know if this is a fair question to ask Randy. So if it's not just say so, but is this a low in, 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 have we seen the, the post harvest low in this bean market? You know, I, I, I would be reluctant to say that. I mean, right now, if we have, you know, the continued issues with uh, production in Argentina, which it sounds like they're not going to get all their acres planted because of how dry it is. And if we continue to see expanding dry conditions for the southern parts of Brazil, then 
then maybe I would lean towards that, yeah, we've got some issues and then we might see, we might have put in our low, we might come down and visit it again, you know, with, uh, with, with, uh, within the trading range. But I think that by the time we get to the first of the year, if Brazil does follow through and they do have the, as big of a crop as what's potential uh, coming out of there that we're seeing the estimates for, I, then I don't think we've seen our, our short-term low. Yeah. Okay. Michelle made the point when we were talking about the news that this meal rally may have had something to do with the dry conditions in Argentina. That makes sense, doesn't it? Oh, most definitely. I mean, Argentina yeah. is the largest exporter of meal and oil. I mean, they, 50% of the exported bull meal and oil comes out of Argentina. So that, I yeah, I think she's right on with that, that you know, we do have the potential to get some of that business because China doesn't export meal and they don't export oil. Um, they import the product. You know, really, Argentina and the U.S. are really the big players when it comes to the, the soybean products. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. Okay. We're talking with Randy Martinson, Martinson Ag. Before we let Randy go, we've got one more segment to go with him. I want to talk about what he's talking about with his customers when it comes to 2023 crop decisions. What's what's the number one issue when we think about 2023? We'll continue the conversation with Randy next. It is time for news of note from Pro Farmer. Probably at the top of the list, as Big Apple Joe just reminded me, the House has passed legislation to prevent a rail workers' work stoppage. China's ruling Communist Party has vowed to resolutely crack down on infiltration and sabotage activities by hostile forces. That would be, you know, like, I don't know, Chinese citizens. China's official manufacturing purchasing managers index declined in November to the lowest reading since April. Eurozone inflation declined for the first time in 17 months. The annual rate for consumer inflation across the euro area is now down to 10% in November. China's sow herd increased 0.4% in October and is up 0.7% from October of last year. That is Pro Farmers. News of no give Pro Farmer a try at tryprofarmer.com. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. Our name says it all. AgriTalk, what more do you need to know? (laughs) It is starting to feel like the land of ice and snow, yes. 
Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm your host, Chip Flory. We're in the middle of a conversation with Randy Martinson from Martinson Ag. Before we get back to Randy, I'm going to go ahead and recap where the market's closed. March HRW wheat futures were 12 and three quarter cents higher at 8.99 and three quarters. March SRW wheat up 14 cents, 7.95 and a half. March corn futures two and a half cents lower at 6.67. July corn futures closed at 6.59 and three quarters, down three cents on the day. January beans up a dime, fourteen sixty nine and a half. July soybeans closed at fourteen eighty six, up seven and three quarter cents. March cotton four hundred points higher, eighty four sixty one. In a in a who knows what's happening uh, market right there. February cattle eighty seven and a half cents higher, one fifty five sixty seven and a half. April cattle up seventy cents, one fifty nine twenty seven and a half. January feeders two forty seven and a half higher at one eighty forty seven and a half. February lean hog futures a buck twenty higher at eighty five thirty five. Randy Martinson, Martinson Egg is our guest analyst today. Uh, Randy, let's let's jump right into the twenty three crop stuff. When when you're having conversations about the 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 decisions that your clients your your customers are having to make right now on twenty three crop, what does the conversation sound like? Boy, you know, I mean, that's a good question. You know, for the most part, I'm telling guys that, you know, yeah, we've got some good prices out there. They are very attractive when you look at it as far as on a historical basis. So, I mean, we've got some pretty good, in, you know, incentives and we can lock in. Hopefully we can lock in some profits, you know, especially if you've got some of your inputs locked in. So I've told guys that, you know, if you want to price a little bit for 23, you know, I can't tell you not to. I think you could do easily do a 10% or a 15% sale. But I am a little bit concerned, uh, you know, because of how our cropping year up here in the Northern Plains went last year. And you know, we started off, we thought we were going to have an early spring. We got a lot of rain then. Things got delayed. We got the crop put in late because of wet conditions. Well, then all of a sudden the spigot shut off and we went into some pretty dry conditions and into a, in, or into a drought situation right now, like most of the, the Plain states. So I'm yep. a little worried that uh, not wanting to price a lot because of the dry conditions that we're seeing, the drought monitor continues to show expanding drought across this area. So I think that's something that we have to be cognizant of going forward. Yeah. You know, I I hate, I don't hate to to uh, to build a, a long, longer term marketing plan on the weather forecast. But... When we've got stocks as tight as they are expected to be at the end of the 2022-23 marketing year, you know, corn at 1.1, 1.2 billion bushels, 200 million bushels of beans, that it forces you to consider the weather this far in advance, doesn't it? It does, you know, and, and I know, you know, a lot of our growers had some trouble delivering against some contracts last year. So there's a little gun shy there, too, to go out and do a lot of, you know, uh. but that's where future fix come in, where you can always roll contracts, too. So there's a little gun shy on, on not, you know, on some that weren't able to fill contracts. But, you know, even you mentioned, you know, with, with corn and beans with their stocks, you know, you got wheat stocks sitting at 15-year lows when for global yeah. stocks. So, yeah, we've got tight stocks. And, we saw that this market can move on a dime, especially, you know, just a misfire of a missile that landed in Poland. Look what the markets did off of that. So we know that there's a lot of jumpiness in this market and we can cause a, a pretty good push in a hurry. 
so I think, you know, just delaying it a little bit. I don't think we'll lose these games until we start figuring out where our acres are going to be for 2023. And that's when we start looking a little more aggressive at pricing. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, the whole acreage question uh, got me thinking about what's going to happen with cotton because those Southern acres can be a swing when it comes to soybeans and corn. Uh, you don't get, I understand that a cotton producer doesn't get out of growing cotton, but they can grow few, less cotton and increase their corn acres, their bean acres. And when you look at that new crop cotton market, good grief, it just has gotten hammered. It's one of the reasons that we're going to have a conversation with Darren Hudson from Texas Tech next week to talk about what guys are thinking about in the in this cotton situation for, for 23 crop. But what the point I'm making here, Randy, is when, when we start thinking about the 23 crop and, and marketing decisions – at this time of the year, I don't know if we've ever had to put so many different factors into the pot to try to boil down and and get a grasp of before making those decisions. It's it's a difficult time in marketing. It, it is, you know, and and it, it's so many world things that are coming into play right now. Yeah. You know, with the war still going on with Ukraine and Russia, you know, we've got production issues in South America. We've got flooding, you know, and issues in Australia. So yeah, I mean, it's it's not just you know U.S. issues that well, you know, corn demand with Mexico, and so there's a lot of different variables that are going into play on how things are going to be in 23 once we able once we're able to get into the fields or start thinking about getting into the fields and start looking at what our our production mix is going to be and then you throw in the top of that a little bit of the potential for what's going to happen with the renewable diesel side of things and yeah. with the crush okay, plants good. being built and and so yeah you you've got a lot of gamuts to to run before we find out exactly where we're going to be yeah yeah the crush capacity with the oil already spoken for to get into the renewable diesel, that meal market, does, uh, what what do you think of this meal market going into the future? And I'm not just talking the next six months. Let's talk the next 18, 24 months. Well, you, you know, and that, and that could relay a little bit of an issue for us because if we get these crush plants built and, and everything comes in as what's on the proposed board gets built, and we have, like you said, the oil is spoken for. The meal isn't yet. We're seeing redu- you know, reduction as far as the cattle herd is concerned. We're seeing reduction as far as the hog herd is concerned. We're not going to be able to use all of that product domestically. So there will have to be some exported, or we'll have to start building animal agriculture in the U.S. Yeah. What? <laughs> Boy, Randy, I don't know if we've got the stomach for that in most areas. Um, it, that That's that is going to be uh, that could be difficult. I, it, the environmental concerns and everything—it feels like animal lag in many areas is maxed out for now, hasn't it? I think you're right, and you know, and, and look at our—you know—just even our slaughter capacity. You know, we don't have the capacity to slaughter much more. So then, right. you know, and we found that out in COVID, where we got hit really hard on the on the slaughter plant side of things. So we would have to be able to get more plants built up. And, and so, yeah, I mean, we, we have a, you know, we take a whole another road once we start talking about all that stuff. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. Let's talk about the structure of the market when it comes to 22 crop sales, corn first, 
I'm going to call it a bull spread market with the March at the premium to May, premium to July, uh, and and the D23 contract still trading above six bucks. But what does the structure of the market tell us that we should be doing here, Randy? You know, right now, I definitely think that, you know, we're leaning towards March as the time frame, and I guess I would look at that, too. You're, you're right. We've got an inverted market, so it doesn't pay much to go past that uh, March time frame. I do think if we start to see maybe if USDA lowers our exports in one of the next couple of reports, we might start to get a little bit more of a carry in this market, okay. and we could look at rolling out. But right now, March is, is the month to be marketing the corn. Okay. Yep, good take there. Um, odds that we see that export reduction in the corn, the corn export reduction in the next S and D. What is it? December ninth. Um, System. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pretty good odds of seeing that. That I thought we were going to see it last month. You know, I thought we should have seen it last month, at least a, a partial one, because you know yeah. we're at fifty percent of last year's right now. So yeah. I don't know if we'll see. We might see a tweaking in the December report, but they're going to save it for the you know to look at where the stocks number is going to be at the end of December, and it might come in the January report. Okay, same process here on the soybeans. What's the structure of the bean market tell you about marketing twenty two crop? You know, right now I would say it's telling us that we can get out to that uh, March-May time frame. Uh, I don't know if I'd want to go much further than that just because our basis levels continue to be extremely strong. I think, you know, the, the domestic demand is good. The export market demand is decent because, you know, we're seeing decent basis levels. So I would target, uh, again, to a March time frame and probably want to have most of the beans sold before we start seeing our exports slip uh, way to uh, South America. Yeah, but it... it, it... <laughs> it does kind of feel like you don't want to be the last one holding beans before that combine starts rolling down in, in Brazil. Is that too strong? You know, I think you that's perfect because, you know, if they even come through and get and harvest a uh, 140 million metric ton crop, you know, I mean, a lot are in 150, 155, 140 is still going to be a, a big hurdle to jump over. Yeah. Yeah, and then it all comes back around to the demand that we can see coming out of China, whether or not uh, uh, China is going to uh, suck up that, that big Brazilian crop or not. It's a lot of changes, a lot of challenges coming for this bean market going forward. I, I don't think there's there's any question about that. Uh, we only got 30 seconds left here, Randy, but I'll just ask you – it, anything else that you're thinking about in these markets that maybe are, is flying under the radar? You know, not a lot. I mean, I think December is going to be kind of a quiet month. We seem to be kind of working. Our, other than today, we've been kind of working ourselves in the holiday doldrums. But yeah. So I think we're going to be fairly quiet as we get through December. Not a lot of farmers selling because they've got enough cash. It's basically, you know, year-end tax planning at this point. I think January we could start to see things move pretty good. Excellent. Good stuff, Randy. I enjoy our conversations. Thank you so much, man. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. All right. That is Randy Martinson, Martinson Ag. I think Michelle's coming back. Michelle and I will wrap up today's AgriTalk here in a moment. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. 
It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. AgriTalk is brought to you by the NRCS Conservation Stewardship Program, which cost shares more than 150 practices on farms and ranches. Visit your local service center or farmers.gov today. All right. I'll bite. Rest in peace, Christine McVie. Stop it. Seriously? Yep. Unfortunately. Oh my gosh, you telling me? Oh, wow. That's uh that yeah. That's sad news right there, Christine McVie. Whoa. Okay. Well, thank you for that word, <laughs> Joe. Welcome back to Agri Talk. Oh, that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm here. <laughs> Big rotten apple Joe. <laughs> Oh shoot! Michelle Rook is back with us as well. Um, that's some sad news, no doubt. No doubt. Not that Michelle is back with us. Um, yeah, that's kind of sad too. But <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. You talk with Randy, don't you? Oh, every week. Yeah, yes. yeah. That's what I thought. That's yeah. what I thought. Interesting conversation. you know what? I really like the way that he put just bottom lined it. When he was talking about the structure of the markets and the timing, what 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 the structure of the market suggests for timing of wrapping up those sales on 22 crop. I thought that was really good. Yeah, I thought it was too. One thing I was going to interject there when you guys were talking about uh, China, you know, and their demand being what it is, even with COVID and that sort of thing. If you look at China's soybean and soybean mill prices, they're still at near record highs. And so they don't want to buy $20 beans, so they're going to have to go somewhere else. So, you know, I think Good. that's a little bit of what motivates them to come into the market, too. Yes. Yep. Yep. Good point. Good point. Uh, taking a look at what's going on in the markets here in late trade, Dow up 1.7%. That's about 575 points. Uh, the S&P 500 up 2.7%. And get this, the NASDAQ up 425 wow. points. That's like 3.8%. So they piled into the tech side of things. It, and a uh, little bit of merger news that I can throw out there before we get back to talking about some markets. Corteva Inc. and Stoller Group announced that Corteva has signed a definitive agreement to acquire Stoller, one of the largest independent biologicals company in the industry. Uh, there was something else that I highlighted on this there. Stoller is the second biologicals acquisition for Corteva this year as the company recently announced and signed a definitive agreement to buy Symborg, an expert in microbiological technologies in Spain. Uh, the Stoller purchase price, $1.2 billion. 
biologicals or something that every big. time. Oh, They're going to be big. I, They're getting big. Yeah. It's crazy. Every time we talk with somebody about biologicals, it seems like we always get some sort of a uh, reaction. And when you go to any of the, uh, of the big events and there's a session on, on, uh, biologics, it, it's just, uh, yeah, it's almost overrun with, 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 uh, attendees trying to get uh, as much information as, as they possibly can. Yeah. Yep. Well, record high fertilizer prices will do that, I guess. Yeah. Try to make that fertilizer do everything that it can for us. Um, so, Michelle, here we are. Let me ask you. As we're starting a new month tomorrow. Randy kind of talked about surviving December and getting into 2023 before we really have to do anything. Is that kind of the feel that you're getting from the analysts that you talk with? Yeah, they're all talking about holiday doldrums, marking time, bookmarking, whatever you want to call it. Um, but when you get in thin and lightly traded markets, it's easier to move things too. So if you do get a headline, you know, it's, boy, it's easier to push the market. I've been asking if we're going to be able to get over the $15 mark again in soybeans, what the catalyst is going to be to like break us out of these trading ranges here. Cause we're going to start transitioning into, as you guys talked about this focus on the South American crop and if Argentina's problems are enough to get us over that hump, because Brazil's certainly going to go right. big this year, record well, big. I, yeah, and everybody's comfortable with the idea that this Brazilian crop is going to be this $5.5 bushel behemoth. Yeah, and La Nina if, is supposed to start waning here pretty soon. So Right, right. But if that doesn't happen for one reason or another, uh, and, and there's there's... I mean, we're just getting into the pod filling period now for a lot of that Brazilian bean crop. It, early stages, I should should say, the early stages of pod filling. And as we get into that, things can still change. It, they, the, the, this weather can can turn out a bit different. I I don't know. Randy was the first one that I've talked with that threw a, a, a bottom line number on it and said, listen, even if it's still 140 million bushels instead of the 150 140 million ton instead of the 150 million ton. That's still enough. Right. That is still enough to take some steam out of the market. I, I was thinking that it might be somewhere in the range of 5 million ton, but maybe it is. Maybe, maybe you can uh, absorb slippage in that Brazilian crop all the way down to 140 million ton. Yeah. It's hard to see. I mean, see, I have to wrap my head around that. That's over 5 billion bushels of soybeans. <laughs> That's a lot of beans. Oh, it's unbelievable. But like it you is. say, if there is any sort of a crop problem, say La Nina, you know, continues to last longer than we think, and they have another crop problem, that could push us. So. Yes. Yep. 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 No doubt. No doubt. All right. Thank you, Michelle. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. Okay. All right. You bet. All right. Let's take a quick look at the National Weather Service 6 to 10 day outlook. This is for... December 6th through the 10th. We've got below normal temperatures expected over the Midwest. Uh, uh, right down to southern Kansas, southern Missouri, southern Illinois, and all points to the north and west of that. South of that area, you've got near normal temperatures and a narrow band before you get into 
above normal temperatures expected in the Gulf states. On the precipitation side, just looking at the Corn Belt near normal precip, the above normal precip expectations are in the southeast U.S. Uh, Man, Tennessee's kind of a a bullseye for that. I hope uh, all of you listening down in the Gulf states, more than 25 tornadoes reported in the Gulf states and into the southeast from that storm front that we talked about yesterday and, and tracked along with. Thanks for listening today. Tomorrow morning, Emily Score from Growth Energy right here on AgriTalk.